Hello and welcome to the Landmark Q&A Podcast. This week, moderator Mike DiLorenzo interviews actor Terry Notary on his most recent role in the film, The Square. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike DiLorenzo. I am a film buyer here at Landmark, and uh, tonight is my distinct honor of getting to talk with Mr. Terry Notary, Oleg, from this evening's film. Hi, everybody. I don't know about all of you, but uh, this is uh, my favorite film of the year, personally. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. Uh, but the first time I saw it, I couldn't help but really digest it afterwards. I can only imagine what you're all going through right now. Um, so, Terry, uh, you have a, uh, your resume is a number of very blockbuster films. For <clears throat> Excuse me. You have uh, Kong Skull Island, where you play King Kong, the Planet of the Apes films, even Avatar. How do you find yourself working on a Swedish art film? Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the project? Well, I got a call from Ruben, and I, I didn't know who he was, um, and, um, but I liked him. And he said, I, I worked on a film, uh, Force Majeure, and I, I'd like you to be in my next film. And Force Majeure, I love that movie. So... I said, let's FaceTime, you know, and so we did a FaceTime, and uh, he was just quirky and funny and silly and laughing, and I, I thought, I love this guy, I'm going to do it, so that was it, and we didn't really know what we were going to do. Um, he said, I want you to terrorize this group of, of um, you know, these donors in this, in this banquet hall, and I thought, ooh, that's fun, let's do that, <laughs> um, and you, I want you to be an ape impersonator. And I'm, okay, cool. Um, so we just sort of winged it and and did a lot of improv. Um, a lot of the stuff was just happened. Um, and I wanted to make each moment sort of fresh. So people that wanted to be picked, um, I didn't pick them. I picked the people that didn't want to be picked. And oh, there's a person. Oh, yeah. That's good. And then they would give me more than, you know, I, they would give me everything I needed to react. And, and, and it, was, it was great because Ruben was loving it. He's all about tension. I, I, I realized in his Force Majeure film that he, he likes to really string out the moments before the moment happens. And so he likes to create tension and, and, um, and let moments play out in time. And so I thought that's freeing as an actor to be able to have time to allow the moments to unfold and to not rush to get to the mark. So that was one of the challenges as well for, for me was to allow things to, to, to happen as they did and not force things to try to happen. So that was, it, was, it was nice for me as an actor work with him yeah. and I think he really does build that tension during that scene mm. uh, so most of your previous work is motion capture this particular scene is you in the raw or in the buff so to speak mm -hmm. how do you prepare do you as an actor do you prepare differently that it's you on screen versus and working with a room full of people versus being doing something through motion capture not really no same it's the same process um, Performance capture acting is the same as 
live action acting for me and for all the people that actually do performance capture acting, it's, it's the same. Um, you're just being turned into a hundred foot monster or, you know, a three foot dwarf, you know, you're just embodying something different. Um, same with the character. Um, with this character, I sort of, I, I wanted to come in to the, to, to it with a, with the idea that I wanted to be a bully. I knew I wanted to bully people and I wanted to tell people something and I wanted to give, point out the weakness in hum humanity. I wanted to show people that they were, you know, uh, getting soft and complacent. And, and, uh, when you start with a character like this, it's, you know, I wanted to start from a blank slate and sort of allow the character to, to find itself in the rehearsal. And so we did, yeah, we just played and, and I put the teeth in and as soon as I put the teeth in, I was like, okay, there he is. There he is. He sees through, you know, this angry sort of, you know, uh, t teach teach people about about themselves by by pointing out their weakness. Was there any prep with the the other actors during that scene that they know what you were going to do, or was this pretty much their natural response to what you were doing? No, um, Ruben didn't want us to talk or anything or communicate about anything we were going to do. We just um, even with Dominic, I said, "Hey, Dominic, nice to meet you. I love your work, and you know we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna chase you out of the room. So let's." He's like, "I love it, mate. Let's do this." He so, looked genuinely it was great, frightened. and we just that was what happened, and and yeah, it, it he was awesome. He was amazing. On the first take, we did two of those takes. On the first take, he got so into it that he ran up the balcony and he threw this vase full of flowers and water at me and it broke off my shoulder and it shattered. I thought, that's awesome. This is going to be in the movie. It didn't make it in the movie. It was, yeah. So I don't know why it didn't, but I thought that was a better take. I have to ask Ruben about mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. Now, there, there's a number of uh, underlying themes that come out in the film. For this scene, did was there a particular theme that Ruben discussed with you that he was going for to relate to the audience? Mm -hmm. Well, we knew we wanted to expose them, and but I and I thought, okay, what we do is we need to warm warm them up and and get them to to side with me and gang up on one person, and and so that was one on the, on the rehearsal day. I thought that would be a good thing to sort of sh to 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 show them that it's easy to do that, it's fun to do that, and it's fun to gang up and be separate from something, but a part of something that points the finger at someone else. And then turn around and scare that one person out of the room, become that alpha, and then turn on them and point the finger at them and pick them out and sort of make them feel what it feels like to to be on the other end. So um, that was, and then show them how weak they were by not being able to move or to respond, but to hide and and take it to the to the degree that we had to take it to in order to get them to actually wake up and and do something. So that was that was our that was our through line, and and so that's what. But I mean, we we decided to take it to the to that that level at the end. We said, let's just go for go for you know broke on it with the girl. I, I think it really. Um brought that question from the, even from the beginning of the film about the exhibit versus um, non-exhibit or the exhibition versus the ex exhibitionist because the first time we see Oleg is that piercing gaze at the 
at the person who walks into the museum mm -hmm. and then to have that gaze then the per the people at the dinner are actually part of the exhibit as Oleg is mm -hmm. having his performance yeah 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 we wanted to wake them up and then essentially turn them into the animal that they were looking at is, is what we wanted to do wake them so that basically when you let go of all the social conditioning and the pretense then you finally let it burst and become this animal and 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 you know that's what the ultimate goal was to it was to turn the tides and I become the victim and they become the animal and I think that that it was achieved I mean once the people mm -hmm. finally somebody else did it then everybody jumped in and ganged up on poor you mm -hmm. getting kicked out <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, I see that you're in uh, the, Mar uh, the Avengers Affinity War coming up, mm -hmm. and besides stunt coordinator work, um, motion capture, and uh, movement coach, mm -hmm. do you s foresee yourself doing in another film similar to The Square? I would love to, yeah. I definitely want to do more films, that more art films. After doing this, I, um, I, I, it was just, it felt like theater. It felt like going back to theater for me and, and being uh, just more, more about I love working on the on the bigger projects, and they're great and they're rewarding and everything. And I, but I think what I learned from from Ruben on this film was really that the moments that actually happen on film, we need to take more time, and you need to have more takes, and you have to really work it like it's theater, um, because it, you really do get the good things happening. And to the point when you when you keep working through things, you find things that that you would never have thought of. You make mistakes and the mistakes really become the gems that you like and that become real. So um, it, was, it, was, it was like going back to theater and realizing that you can actually make film like theater, like you do in theater, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, they do say that sometimes the, uh, the mistakes end up being the, what makes it into the final cut mm. because that's what actually seemed real. Yeah. And, you, and, and when you're working with like, like you do with Ruben, where you're doing lots of takes and you can just play and you have room and space, um, you, you're not afraid to make mistakes. And you're kind of encouraged to make them. And you just go, okay, well, let's just flesh this out, you know? So, because you can't really come in unless you've really, because the moment is so different when all the extras are there or when the, you know, you're reacting to actors and you're reacting to a new situation, which is, very different than a script on a page. Um, the script becomes something completely different when you're allowing it to, and and it becomes better. Um, so taking the moments to really um, allow the 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 pages to sort of take life and become something bigger than you ever thought you could have, you could see is 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 important, and and we can do more of that in the big films. And that must be uh, very liberating as a performer to have that, that type of freedom. Mm, definitely, yeah. I, I do have uh, one question that maybe you can shed some light on. So Anne's roommate is apparently an ape. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> never, other than Christian's first response to said ape, there's never really a why she lives with an ape. Is this something that Ruben talked about with you, or is it the... <laughs> 
the a, um, humanity versus what, where man becomes animal, or is it uh, maybe an homage to Every Which Way But Loose, where it's yeah. totally normal to just hang out with an ape? Yeah, I think it was. I think the ape was an amazing actor, too. Human actor. And looking like a human. I mean, it was, I thought he was great. He was playing a human, right? I think so. Yeah. I thought he was playing a, like a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, we yeah. liked eating crayons. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I know it was. I've asked Ruben that same very same question, and he said, "Why not?" <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. But that's perfect. Why not? Okay, that, that I yeah. will take that as an so, answer. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing beyond just having a, have an ape in, a, in the moment, just to so, kind of throw things out of whack. So maybe I was reading too much into it, mm-hmm. and, but that's, that's <laughs> the beauty of this film is there's so many layers that you can mm-hmm. really uh, you can really bring what you want to to the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Frederick Frederick Weisel is the DP as well, and I I have to put a shout out to him because I think he's a genius, and he the way he just allows the moments to hang and not forcing people to think a certain way by pushing in and putting, cutting, 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 and like sort of directing people how they should feel, but allow, but treating the audience intelligently and really allowing them to just not have to see the, the, the you know, the expression or to push in hard and do all these super, you know, um, explanatory camera moves. Because um, I think we do get it, you know? I mean, and when we treat ourselves and the audience intelligently, then they respect that and they 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 feel like okay, they're a part of it rather than being removed in a way that they're being told what to think. The inclusion in the arts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, did you get your start in Cirque du Soleil? Is that mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. How, how was that transition from going from that to film? Mm. Well, in Cirque, I, um, I, the, the thing I took from most from Cirque was the very first day, uh, the director told us to take our clothes off and be naked. And he said, you can leave your underwear on if you want. And so we all left our underwear on, but we, um, we cradled each other like little babies. And um, I was just like, I had this big, huge Russian dude, and he was holding me, and I was just being a baby in his arms. I was like, okay. And he said, I want you to forget everything you know. I want you to become a baby. I want you to see the world completely new and open up to some things that you could never have thought about and to forget who you are. And I've taken that with me for the characters that I play or help create with actors because I work with a lot of actors. And the first thing I do is I have them breathe and I have them stop and we just create a blank slate. We just start from a blank neutral place. And then learn about ourselves, who we are, and break down our habits, our social conditions, our, the way we walk, the blueprint of your life is your body, and understand what, those, what the tool is that you use, the, the, the instrument. And when you understand that you have all these habits and these things that you bring with you through life, that, and that you can actually use them or you can understand them and allow them to fall away for the character that you're playing and bring in other people's things. So also be one thing that we learned from Cirque was the director always said, I want you to always watch around and always look around the world and learn from other people. Watch and learn from everything. And so you can watch from people and you can see their blueprint and you can see what you like and what you don't. You can take and 
and sort of modify your own blueprint. So that's what I've taken from Cirque. And your transition to film was How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is that correct? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Ron Howard gave me my first job. And yeah. that was as a stunt coordinator or movement coach? I was a, I was a stunt man on that film, and I, was, I actually didn't know the protocol for, for um, film. And I would started, when the extras came in, my job was to, to come up with as many things as I could in Whoville with five other people. And, and we, um, the extras came in about a month later, and I started teaching the extras movement on how to become a who, and we thought, let's all create a, a common denominator so we can have the same gene pool, and then then you can go off and become your own character, because everybody was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and I was like, wait guys, let's all figure out where we come from, and then and Ron Howard saw that, and and he called me to his office, and everybody thought I was in trouble. I thought, <laughs> I thought I was in trouble, I thought I was gonna get fired. And he was like, I liked what you were doing, and I want you to teach all the actors and extras in the in the film. And so he gave me a job as a movement coach, and we created Who School. Uh, and he gave me a whole soundstage and everything. And we we wrote a list of things, and and within two weeks, everything was there. It was like unicycles and presents and packages and this and that and trampolines and spring floor and all these props. It was anything I wanted, you know. I was like, oh my god, this is cool. They must have so much money. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I've, I've been teaching actors since then, you know, acting and movement and character creation and basically applying all the things I've learned from Cirque, but then learning a lot about, you know, the individual actor and their needs and what they, what they are, need to sort of realize about themselves in order to play a different character. Because I feel like when you when you don't understand yourself, you play the same thing because you bring a lot of things that you don't understand about yourself with that character. So it's all about really getting to know who you are first and understanding and really looking at your fear, a lot of fear. Uh, fear is a big thing um, uh, that creates blocks and, uh, and really shapes who you are a lot. And when you undo fear, you're like, whoa, okay, I open... Ah, I can feel, I can see wide, and then I can create the fear if it's real if there from somewhere else or, or, or not if, it doesn't, if it's not pertinent to the character. So, yeah, it's really fun. It's fun because everyone's so different. And then you're able to bring that all to relay it to the audience from mm -hmm. facing, taking that. Very nice. Mm. Uh, so you've played King Kong. You've now played Oleg. Is there any particular character, creature that you've, Want to play that you have not yet? Mm, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to play a human next. <laughs> well, Oleg was human, I think. He was human. Yeah, he was definitely human. He wasn't a, an ape at all. He was a human using ape movement as a, an excuse to sort of get to people. But um, I'd like to play like a like a really weak man that 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 is putting on this strength. You know, this bully, like like a like a like a person who's like 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 politician. You know, <laughs> that'd be fun. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. It's great having you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Landmark Q&A podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, or if you want to watch the video of this recording, head over to our YouTube page where you can find this episode and many more.